Welcome to the second episode of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. I'm proud to announce that we are now up on all the major platforms, so we thank you guys for taking the time to listen, no matter where you're listening to us from. I'm Mike, and today I'm flying solo. That's right, my co-host Anthony decided to take a trip to Italy. I'm super jealous, but hey... I can't really complain. It's Italy. Anthony will be back for next week's podcast. Conveniently, he's returning from his trip at the start of the regular season. I'm not sure how he swung that with the wife, but kudos to him for making it happen, right? On today's episode, we're going to talk about everything you should be aware of going into the first week of the season. Wondering what guys you should be keeping an eye on? What noteworthy roster moves are affecting fantasy-relevant guys? What situations around the league should you be keeping aware of? I got you covered. Just keep listening. Before we look ahead to the first week, I have to say thank you to GT Radial Tires. They are bringing you guys this podcast with us, and we are stoked to have them aboard all season long. GT Radial Tires. Get more out of every road, ride, and dollar. Locate your GT Radial dealer and experience the performance. Guys, GT Radial... Well, we're in, we're in talks. We're in talks with them. The plan is to hopefully give you guys some swag for listeners of the show. Hopefully in the coming weeks we can determine how we're going to do this and what we're going to give out. But yeah, pretty cool. So you know guys, tell your friends, anyone interested in fantasy hockey, get on board with the FHB podcast. We're going to be here all year long and hopefully give away some pretty cool stuff. Actually, they, uh, they gave me a hat a few weeks ago, a GT Rado hat. The logo's very cool. Sleek hat, logo in the little bottom corner. Not overly like brand heavy, which is cool because like who wants to wear a super brand heavy hat, right? Um, but yeah, no, awesome hat. Hopefully we can give that out to you guys. And uh, and yeah, thank you GT Radio. All right. I know some of the drafts may have already happened by the time this is released, which is fine because you know what? These players, a lot of them probably weren't drafted. Now, it depends on the the depth of your league. I know I'm in a league that there's about 320 players that are drafted. So all of these guys I'm about to mention will probably be picked because they're worth a flyer on in this pool. Because at the end of the day, like you're you're drafting guys that are are an absolute crapshoot. So these players will. It depends again. Depends on the depth of your league, but they'll they could be available. So it's it's always good to um, you know to to keep an eye out for this stuff. When the regular season begins, there are always players on waivers you like but don't have room for. Don't worry. Ideally, you've used our tips from the last episode to form your teams, and you were able to draft the best team you could. Now you're at the point where you wait. Create a watch list of a bunch of guys on waivers you've been looking at. Even if it's like 30 players. Monitor how they start out. If they come out flying and one of your late picks is struggling, make the change. There's no reason to hold on to a late round pick just because you drafted them. Cut ties now and go with the other guy you've been looking at. Now as the season goes on, 
the owned pool of guys and the waiver pool of guys will be separated. What I mean is there will be a clear difference in the caliber of player that are on waivers and then on the own teams. Usually this happens about a month in. This is a time where if you have a spot on your roster you need to fill, whether it be to injury or whatever, don't stress about it. If there's a bunch of players on waivers and they are all essentially the same, take advantage of the roster spot. Anth and I do this all the time. Check out your lineup in the next week or so and pick up a guy that will play. Accumulate stats while you can. I can't even count. I can't even like stress this enough. I do this all the time. If I have a guy that's injured or something, I will look at my roster. First of all, I'll look at waivers and I'll see all these guys are the same. Nothing stands out about these players. I will check my lineup for the next week or so and I'll pick up a guy that will just play. A guy on my team or I'll find a spot in my roster. It's probably like a Wednesday, Friday, Sunday where I have a light lineup and I'll pick up a player that plays during those days. That way I use my roster spot to my advantage and I just accumulate stats while I can. After that time period where he's, you know, that player has played three or four games or whatever it is, I cut ties and then I pick up the next guy and so on and so forth. If I get a few points, shots, blocks, hits, whatever. Thank you. Moving on. Thank you next, as we could also say. (laughs) All right, guys. Heading into the season, there is just so much to keep an eye on. And I'd like to help out with some of that stuff for you guys. I'm going to give you a bunch of situations around the league that I myself am monitoring. Because... A lot of these guys I'm going to mention might still be on waivers on your team and they might make for a solid, solid pickup, whether it be short term or potentially even long term if these guys keep it up. Starting with the Ducks, Max Comtois. He's a, he's a bit of a sleeper this year, put up seven points in 10 games last year for the Ducks. Then he got sent back to junior, but he's starting on the top line next to Getzlaff. And he's playing on the second power play unit. The The Ducks are an interesting team because they don't have a lot of forward depth. So a guy like Max Comtois could realistically make his way up the lineup, continue to play on the top line, get first power play minutes. So that's definitely a situation you want to keep your eye on. Next, at the Coyotes, we look at Barrett Hayden. He looks like he's making the team out of camp. As I record this, there's nothing official, but he can definitely be a solid sleeper. He had a good preseason, and it's a situation to definitely monitor. The goaltending situation in Arizona is also something to look at. Ranta seems to be healthy, but if you have Kemper and Ranta's on waivers, you might want to cuff the tandem. Because when Ranta's healthy, he has proven to be pretty good. Next, in Buffalo, anytime you have a player that has exposure to an elite player, you always want to keep an eye out for him and probably pick him up. In that case, we're looking at Victor Olofsson of the Sabres. He's starting on a line with Jack Eichel. He had a solid preseason and he could have a great rookie year. 
Still with Buffalo, Marcus Johansson. Yeah, not the prettiest name. Been around the league for a bit. But he actually has an opportunity here. He's playing on the second line with 40-goal scorer Jeff Skinner. So there is potential for some upside there. Also with the Sabres, I'm looking at Colin Miller. It's no secret that Ristolainen has kind of fallen out of favor over there. The rumors have been swirling about him being traded for a while. Open the door for Colin Miller. Colin Miller has a booming shot. He had a great season with Vegas. And he might line up next to Dalina as the second defenseman on that Buffalo power play. Keep an eye out for that. Miller's probably on waivers in your pool. And if he can secure exposure to Dalene and Eichel on that top power play... That could be a solid add early in the year. Next, in Carolina, I'm looking at Sveshnikov and Dougie Hamilton. The departure of Justin Williams, well, the hiatus of Justin Williams, and the departure of Falk have given Sveshnikov and Hamilton bigger roles. Sveshnikov had a pretty solid rookie year, and he could have a massive season. He's definitely a guy that should be owned, especially if your league it has hits as a category. He needs to be owned. Sveshnikov, you know what? It's funny. Sometimes we forget about these second-year players because we're looking for the next shiny toy. But these guys could break out, and Sveshnikov is one of them. Keep an eye out of for him. Next, I'm looking at Alex Nylander in Chicago. This might be a short-term thing, but it looks like Alex Nylander has made the Chicago Blackhawks, and he looks like he's lining up next to Taze and Kane. That is a solid position to be in. This might be one of those things that you just ride the wave. Doesn't look like there's any room for him on that top power play, but man, at 5-on-5, he could be someone to add early in the year. I shouldn't even have to mention this next one. But Kale McCarr in Colorado needs to be owned. Barry's gone. It's McCarr's power play. Well, it's McKinnon's power play. McCarr's on it. So make sure you are on the ball and you have McCarr. Another guy on that power play will be Nazem Kadri. Kadri's a little bit overlooked this year. But he's in a similar situation that he was in in Toronto when he was the second line center and he put up 61 points and 32 goals, I believe. Kadri should be owned. He's going to line up on that power play with absolute studs in McKinnon and Rantanen. And that's a spot for him that he could succeed in. So Kadri's a guy, keep an eye out. He could get close to 60 points. Next, a situation worth monitoring is the goalie tandem in Columbus. Right now, it's Corpusalo and Merzlakens. I hope I'm saying that right. But the, the way they start them will be interesting. I'm not sure if that's going to be Corpusalo's team or they're going to give Merzlakens some, some, some rope here. So if you own one of them, you probably want to own the other one. But just keep an eye out on how they, uh, they play those two. Also in Columbus, Alexander Texier, French player. He'll be playing with Dubois and Atkinson to open the season. 
He broke in in the playoffs. He had three points in eight games. Looks like he's gained the trust of Tortorella, which we know how important that is in Columbus. So definitely a guy worth keeping an eye on. Columbus is going to need somebody to put the puck in the net this year. With the departures of Panarin and Duchesne, they may struggle for offense. And Texier might be there to provide that. So keep an eye on that situation. He's definitely a sleeper worth um, worth monitoring. Um, another guy, Dallas, Rupe Hintz. Hintz is playing in the top six with some studs. Pavelski, Ben, Sagan, Radulov. Hintz needs to be owned. For sure needs to be owned. Um, he probably won't crack that top power play, but he's a guy that will get points based on who he's playing with 5-on-5. Five five. Speaking of that top power play, definitely keep an eye on the defenseman situation. Is it Klingberg all the time? Are they giving Heiskanen some minutes? That's something worth monitoring, guys. Either way, Heiskanen and Klingberg both should be owned. They're both absolute studs. In Detroit... Hirose or Hirose, I'm not even sure how you say it. I think I was watching the Leaf game the other night and the commentator actually said it both ways. So regardless, he looks to make the team. He's playing on the second line with Phil Pala and Anthony Siu. Detroit, nothing special, but there could be an opportunity there to pick up a guy. He's probably on your waivers. If your league is deep, like I know the one I am in is, he might be a guy worth worth picking up. Another guy, Hronik, defenseman. It looks like they're going to play him over Mike Green on that first power play. If they do, definitely a guy you should be picking up. Again, depends on the depth of your league, but he had a great season last year and um, looks like he can repeat that if he's going to be deployed on the top unit there. Um, exposure to Larkin and Mantha is huge. Guys who are up and coming could have other uh, another big season, so... Definitely a guy worth monitoring there. In Edmonton, there are so many things to keep an eye on. They're one of those teams that just mishmash their lines. Honestly, offense, defense, even goaltending, I don't know how they're going to deploy these guys. Is Koskinen going to get more games than, than most backups? Is he the backup? Well, I don't know what's going to happen there. Is Smith going to actually play goal this year? Yeah, a lot of questions. Same thing with defense. Who's the top power play? Is it Clefbaum? Are they going to give time to Nurse? Is Joel Pearson going to get a look? How about up front? They're apparently not going to start the year with Dreisaitl and McDavid. Who's going to play with McDavid? Who's going to play with Dreisaitl? Are they really going to leave Nuge on the third line? These things are going to change all the time. Anybody playing with McDavid is worth owning. In deep leagues, of course. But anyone that has any exposure to McDavid, make sure you have. Or make sure you're keeping an eye on. Moving along. In LA, this might not sound sexy, but hear me out. Adrian Kempe is playing between Kovalchuk and Carter. Yes, Kovalchuk and Carter, their best days are behind them. I know this. But they're two guys that are probably going to bounce back. L.A. as a team will probably bounce back. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. But what I'm saying is they have a lot of players last year that underperformed. Kovalchuk and Carter were two of them. If Adrian Kempe can play between two guys that bounce back on the second line, 
he could have some sneaky potential. He provides hits, shots as well. So there's a guy that could be worth owning. In Minnesota, I'm keeping a lookout for two guys in particular. Kevin Fiala and Ryan Donato. These are two guys that will be given opportunities to succeed. Right now, I would give the edge to Donato. But again, another situation worth monitoring. Where are these guys playing? And ultimately, how are they performing? Next, a couple of rookies in Montreal. That's Nick Suzuki and Ryan Paling. Two highly touted guys in the Montreal organization. Nick Suzuki had a decent training camp. And Ryan Paling, we all know what he did in his only game last year. Montreal's center position isn't exactly deep. So these guys have the possibility of playing in some pretty good situations. Definitely a situation worth monitoring the first week of the season. Another situation I'm looking at, and the power play in particular, is Nashville. Seems obvious that the Nashville power play would be Johansson, Duchesne, Arvidsson, Forsberg, and Yossi, right? Yeah, Nashville tends to do some weird stuff with that defenseman position. And although I love Yossi and I think he should be on that power play, sometimes they get a little funny and they put Ekholm or they might put Ellis. Or who knows, they might even put Dante Fabro. So just make sure it's Yossi because if it's not, a guy like Ekholm has some serious value if he gets any time on that power play. Because... For what, like I, I know that that power play wasn't good last year, but they're gonna bounce back. They're so good. They're such good players on that team. So, yeah, that's a situation that's worth monitoring. Another thing is the New Jersey situation. Who's gonna be on that top power play? It's obviously gonna have Subban and Hall. Who are the rest gonna be? Palmieri, Simmons, Hughes, Heeshear, Gusev, whoever it is, they get a boost in value. So keep an eye out for who's on that power play. Another thing in Jersey is the goaltending situation. Is Schneider going to be Schneider? Is Blackwood going to take the role from Schneider? Are they going to split? You don't know what you're going to get there. If you have one goalie, Pick up the other one too because there's no telling who's going to grab that job. Another power play I'm looking at is the New York Islanders power play. Everyone's talked about Ryan Pulak for a little while now, but they haven't seemed to fully give him the reins of that power play. (laughs) Nick Letty's always been squeaking his little head in there. So if it's Pulak, it's going to be good, especially with the expectation of a Barzell bounce back season. Um, today, actually, Philip Hedl got sent down, which was an interesting move because a lot of people were penciling him as the second-line center. So that kind of makes way for Ryan Strom to play in that spot. Obviously, there's other options, but it looks like it's Ryan Strom's position for now. He ended off the season very strong for the Rangers. If he can continue that going into the season, he's looking at Kreider and Kako on his wings. It's a pretty good position to be in for a guy that nobody is talking about. So, Ryan Strom, put him on your watch list. That's a guy that I'm monitoring. Another guy on the Rangers, Adam Fox. 
I know it's easy to say Truba is going to be that top power play defenseman. And you know what? He's definitely going to start out that way. But Truba's really only done it for one year. And Fox is a new guy to the organization. And he might be given a chance here. So definitely watch out for that. In Ottawa, there's nothing sexy about Ottawa, let's be honest. The team's not supposed to be very good. But there are a few situations that I'm looking at. For one, a guy like Colin White could have sneaky value. He's penciled in as their top-line center. And anytime you have exposure to a guy like Brady Kachuk, it's good. So, Colin White, power play, even strength, next to Brady Kachuk, there's value there. Another guy, Drake Batherson. Looks like he made the team out of camp. Ottawa is a similar situation to Anaheim. There's ice time up for grabs, and if Drake Batherson performs, that could be his. Right now, it looks like he might start on that top power play, and any exposure to Kachuk and Shabbat is pretty positive. I'm also looking at the Penguins power play to start the year. Who's going to be on it? Obviously, it's Latang, Gino, Crosby. Who are the other two guys? There's Hornquist, there's Gensel, there's Galchenyuk, there's even Justin Schultz. There's no telling what they're going to do on that power play, but whoever is on it has to get serious boost in value. A similar situation to that is in San Jose. That power play seems to be kind of fluid. Sometimes it'll be Burns with Carlson, sometimes just Burns, sometimes just Carlson. So it's definitely a situation worth monitoring. Sticking on the theme of the power plays, the Leafs power play is definitely one that's worth monitoring. It looks like it's going to be Riley, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and Janssen. Janssen in that position is sneaky, sneaky good. If you're in a deep league and he's on waivers, this could be a breakout player. He's expected to play with Matthews at even strength, and if he sees consistent time on that loaded power play, that is a guy that should be owned. In Vancouver, what are they doing with that power play? I know Quinn Hughes was the sexy sleeper pick, but maybe that's Edler's power play still. And if it is, Edler is still has value. Yeah, maybe he's going to get hurt later on in the year. But early in the season, Edler's healthy and on that power play, Edler's a stud. Lastly, I'm looking at Cody Glass in, in Vegas. There might not be much ice time for him, but Cody Glass is a highly touted prospect and his skill could potentially carve out some more ice time for him. Another thing to note this week is the schedule. The Winnipeg Jets are the only team in the league that play seven times in the first week and a half of the season. That includes two back-to-backs. So if you're looking for a goalie option, Brossois might play twice. Also, the Philadelphia Flyers, Chicago Blackhawks, and the New York Rangers I'll play only three times. So definitely keep aware of something like that. If you're looking for a streaming option on those teams, you're only going to see them three times. So it might not be the best place to look. And that's it for now, guys. 
Those are all the situations that I will be closely monitoring this first week of the season. I can't express to you how pumped I am for Wednesday night. Of course, I'll be watching all the games, and me and Eth will be back next week to discuss all the noteworthy fantasy news over the past week of the season. We'll also look ahead to the next week and give you our recommendations for guys that look like they may have a big season. Trust me, Anth and I watch a crap ton of hockey. And if a guy starts off slow, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have a bad year. Watching these players is so important because it's not all about the stats. If a guy looks good and he hasn't performed well early, don't worry. If he looks good, don't worry. I can't stress that enough. Anyways, guys, from now until the next podcast, keep a, keep an eye out for our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Follow us on all three platforms. And again, like I mentioned last week, if you have any questions for us, fire them off. If you want them read on the show, just hashtag FHB questions on Twitter and we'll get to them on the show. Until then, enjoy the hockey. I'm so glad it's here.